we will surprise some people in 2023. What also is a surprise is that Mike Gundy has a little bit of a beard game going. It's not quite there yet, but give him some time. Give him some time. That beard will come around. But will the rest of the team? You are locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We are available on all of your podcasting platforms as well as visually on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at AllDayOState. And I do recommend that. Um, we like to have a lot of fun uh, on Twitter, which is saying something because I, before this job, said I'd never have a Twitter, and I didn't ever plan on having one. But I do, and uh, it, it's kind of fun to, to mix it up with Oklahoma State people and people from all over the country and just talk football, basketball, baseball, whatever. It's just, it's it's a lot of fun. Anyway, so if you watched Mike Gundy's interview recently, you'll have noticed that, uh, well, he said a couple, but he's got the beard game going. Really good tan, a lot of gray in the beard. You know, it could be a big a big look for him. When we're also talking about big looks, we've heard a, a thousand times that Mike Gundy has always traditionally talked about not being able to get enough 300-pounders into Stillwater, Oklahoma. Well, now we have an overwhelming abundance of 300-pound type of fellas. So we're going to be able to talk a little bit about defensive line. Hopefully we got enough time to dive into all of it. But before that, I did want to touch base and talk a little bit about the interviews. Now, people have asked me before, Cody, why do you put so much stock into interviews? It's because if you take information, right, from, from some sources – and then you read stuff that RA puts out or, or, or 247 or Scout or Riles or On3, whoever. And when you read all these articles, and then you can go to some of the pistols firing type blog, blogs or orangepower.com type blogs, all of these places are really good and really useful for picking up information. And then to put it all into context with people on the sidelines, it, it does make it make a lot more sense. But then... There's a good chunk of time that Gundy has a press conference. And a lot of us look at it like, what what did he just say? What is he even talking about? Well, whenever you have all of these multiple angles to kind of sift through, and then you combine it with the interview, knowing the knowledge that you have, it makes the interviews make more sense. So then there's times that he said stuff that are just patently untrue. Um, or he says things that are designed to leave a little bit more question marks. And I completely get it, right? To some degree. So 
whenever you combine all of them with the interviews, it makes it all make sense because sometimes he says things and it's like, oh, that story I heard the other day. Okay, that's who he's talking about. So again, it allows it to all kind of form this big old picture where it all comes together. Is it a complete necessity? No, because we all know that sometimes Gundy isn't necessarily the fondest of the media. So he is very reserved at times as well, right? It's just this mixed bag you get with, with Mike Gundy. So you do have to read multiple um, pieces of information, literature. You also have to watch multiple interviews. Uh, and then you also have to talk to the people that are actually on the field in the program. And doing all of that collectively, it gives you a much better picture, right? So this is why I do spend time watching all of the interviews and sometimes there's not a lot to cover. Sometimes there's a lot to cover. And in this scenario, I think there's a decent amount to cover, right? It's nothing shocking. But with Oklahoma State's last pro day being today, we'd be remiss if we didn't jump into some of not only the interview, but some of the positions that everybody is looking to right now. So, yeah, if you've noticed recently, um, we trust Brett Yormark because he's an assassin. Ladies and gentlemen, Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner, is an assassin. And it's just a matter of time before Oklahoma State takes the next jump with the Big 12 because the Big 12 is, in fact, moving in the right direction. So, yes, it's the last pro day for Oklahoma State University because from here on out, the Big 12 will have its own pro day. So every Big 12 team will come together for what's no longer really a pro day. It's a combine. That's precisely what it is. And Gundy brought up some interesting points, like sometimes when you're talking about team speed, some guy will run a certain time on one field, and then some people in the NFL offices have conversations about, well, if it was on this field, he would have he would have been this fast compared to this field. So this field's not a good indication on his real speed, yada, yada, yada. Those conversations happen, right? So this is a way to not only get rid of some of that. You can't have the conversation, well, if it would have been in Fort Worth, you know, they would have ran better as opposed to Lawrence or, or, or wherever. Everything's going to be time the same, same surfaces, um, same drills. And doing it all in one area, it's a brilliant move because what other conference has their own exclusive combine? None of them. That's that's the answer. None of them. We're the only conference that will have an exclusivity window for combine where everybody that's looking into the draft side of things will be at one location to watch all of the top guys from the Big 12, again, in one location. So it does a lot for the universities individually. It also does a lot for the conference. It does a lot for Brett Yormark. And it does a lot to instill more confidence in the future of the Big 12. Speaking of instilling confidence, ladies and gentlemen, um, you probably know I'm about to throw some FanDuel at you, and the answer is yes, because why? Because FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And right now, we're given the new customer no-sweat first bet option, which is up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up today, and claim your no-sweat first bet. You can wager on a multitude of things. Who's going to win the whole whole tournament? Who's going to, 
you know, maximize money lines, who's going to score next, who's going to stop the, the, the defense next. There's a lot of little individual things you can bet on, which makes it a lot more fun instead of just betting on um, the spread or the over-under. And you all know that it's very safe, secure, and super easy to use because, again, it's FanDuel, which is America's number one sports betting app. Do not miss your shot to get your hands on this no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. And then that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Go there to learn more and sign up. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel. This year, right, we've already covered, this has been the most difficult of any year ever, by far, just to obtain information. And it's not just because there wasn't a spring game. Obviously, that plays a major hand in it. But part of it is just, again, the, the lid that was kept on everything. Um, we don't need to rehash a bunch of old stuff, right? I get it. But the only reason that I threw stuff out there um, is because I think that it's important for growth, right? You, you cannot grow unless you admit you have a problem, okay? Are we there yet? No, but I, I do think things are getting a little bit better. Um, and that's indicative by some of the conversations that Gundy has been having, right? He's a little bit more forthcoming, seems to be a little bit more engaged. Yes, he's in a good mood. Yes, that can be deceptive because he was in a good mood last year at this point in time. So him simply being in a good mood, it doesn't always uh, equal a whole heck of a lot. But we know when Gundy's not in a good mood, we know exactly how those interactions come. And Gundy said a lot of really phenomenal things, in my personal opinion, in the last couple of interviews. But there's one thing that, you know, I, I wanted to hit on that I, I didn't exactly appreciate. We've got to stop blaming players and we've got to stop blaming injuries. Yes, injuries are a massive point of any season for any sport, any team, anywhere. I get it. If you have an overabundance of injuries, you're not going to be super successful. But again, it's just like when somebody um, cheers for that team that's 70, 71 miles south of us. It's like a one-track-sided conversation, right? And that's what it typically is a lot of times when it comes to some of the information coming out of Stillwater, Oklahoma. I just I don't think it's smart to continue to... Spread this narrative that last season injuries are what plagued everything. And then the K-State injuries caught up to us. And then KU, you know, with just a, the snowball cumulative effect of not goodness, it all hit us at one point, one time. Okay. That's not untrue. But I hate the fact that we leave out why it got there, right? Just the lack of accountability sometimes is bothersome. It's not because of injuries. Go back and look at the Baylor game. Go back and look at the Texas Tech game. Go back and look at the TCU game, okay? Injuries were not the problems there, and I will leave it at that. I'm not going to get on a soapbox today on this one because the rest of his interview I thought was pretty amazing. One of the things that he brought up that I think not only needs to be talked about, it needs to be focused upon. 
The idea of having contractual agreements in recruiting was a brilliant idea. I don't know if that he came up with that on his own or if that's something he's kicked around with other coaches in the coaching circle or if this is just, uh, you know, what you drink a beer and discuss with the coordinators. I have no idea. But what a brilliant, what a brilliant move, right? Because the transfer portal was never supposed to get the way it is now, right? There are some bumpers that are starting to be put on it, but it's still a, a little too loosey-goosey. And with the NIL and, in my personal opinion, the AAU accreditation slowly becoming a little bit less important, and this is more and more and more and more about business for these young men, if it's going to continue to trend this way, and there's nothing that says that it ain't, then why are contracts not a brilliant idea? If you want to come to Oklahoma State University, let's say let's say you're a five-star, okay? Yes, we can hope and we can dream, but let's say you're a five-star, okay? And you think that you really only need to play one year, and then you can go to the NFL. And, and maybe that's a agreement that they work out as well. Okay, let's say that that's the case. You come to O State, you 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 want to play for your year because you're pretty sure you're going to be pro bound afterwards. Something something happens, right? Whether you don't get the playing time, you break a bone, yada yada, doesn't matter. But you feel like you have unfinished business. You are eligible for another year's worth of contract. But because you only signed a one year, the coaches can can then turn it around and be like, guys, I, I don't know if renewing another year is best for either party, okay? But you're going to have some people that want to come for four years. Like, I just, I think that if we're talking about options, Gundy's on something here. That should be an option. And then one of the reporters did ask, well, why can't you just kind of focus on the one free move rule that was in effect for such a long time? Which I think is a decent idea. But the problem with it, and, and Gundy shed some light on it, is it doesn't really work, right? Because let's say you come into Oklahoma State University and the only places you cannot go are within the Big 12. And then the season ends and you want to leave and you want to go to a Big 12 school. Well, Gundy naturally is going to be like, no, bro, you signed a contract. You know you can't do that. Um, but if something really were to come down the pipeline that made Gundy think that it was best for you to renew another year and you agreed, or it's best for you to move on, or it's best for you to sign a two-year deal, four-year deal, three-year deal. I think it's a phenomenal idea. Now, I do think that it could get a little tricky. I understand how we could tiptoe our way through the weeds on this deal, uh, for example, if you have a very, very old school coach that may or may not have any maneuverability in the, the new age way of doing things, that coach may not accept you on a one-year deal, period. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be the next Barry Sanders, right? The greatest running back slice bread. And at the end of the day, it just it not work out because I don't know if I want you coming for just a year, right? Some of you, some of your your teammates want a little bit more buy-in, want a little bit more of a commitment. So I think it could become contentious, at least to some degree. Maybe even if it's just a locker room, I do understand where it could potentially create problems. But if anyone wants to sit here and say that the system we have in place right now is a good one that's working really well. 
I don't I don't think I don't think you're paying enough attention. This puts the onus back on the kid because right now everything's on the university for the most part. I mean, it really almost all is. Because even the ones who leave Oklahoma State University, even the ones who've been thrown under the bus, they're not going to say anything maybe down the line after they graduate, right? It's the same thing with this contract stuff. It could get a little bit tricky. I understand that. But right now, it's already tricky. It's already a nightmare. It's already a disaster. And, I, you know, I shouldn't be saying that because we, we made out better in the transfer portal, we think, than we lost. And you say that from a numerical perspective because we didn't lose all that much, right? We didn't. We didn't lose a crap ton of starters. We lost some people, yes. But you, you hear these narratives being spun that, you know, we, we lost all these starters and it's just going to be this complete rebuild. That's not accurate, guys. Now, is Alan Bowman going to end up being the guy? I think so. Right, we're in pads now, so we'll find out a lot more this next week and a half. Um, you know, it was thrown around that he is a pure pocket passer. We haven't had a pure pocket passer really since Whedon. I think Gundy was right when he said you can't classify Alan Bowman as just a pocket passer. Is Mason Rudolph just a pocket passer? Well, yeah, for the most part, but he was slightly maneuverable, especially in the pocket. Alan Bowman's much the same. Can he take off and, and scamper for some yards? Yeah. Is he going to bust a long one? No. But he's not exactly a statue in the pocket. And Gundy also said something along the lines of the game has shifted to having a more mobile quarterback. And that, that is true. So the days of being a true statue, I, I don't want to say that they're dead and gone because I don't believe that. But it's much more advantageous for your offense if your quarterback can be an additional running game, like I completely get it, but how quick some of these transfers have come in and they're already being designated as leaders. I don't think you're going to have a lot of issues there. Right. I really, I really don't. And I do think that that contractual agreement thing, it's a really good idea. All right. Let's see where are we at on time. We got okay. We got enough time to cover a couple things real quick before we get out of here. I do have to make an announcement. If you've seen some of the pictures on social media of some of our wide receivers, uh, like Helen Shetron, obviously being one. Um, Jaden Bray was another one. That people were talking about. They look like you know Des Bryant, Justin Blackman prototypes, but more more cut. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Body by Glass Factory is back, ladies and gentlemen. It is in full effect times two. Maybe it's strategic. Maybe, I don't know, he heard that people thought maybe that Rob Glass was the reason we were having some injuries last season. Only time will tell. I think if that is your thought process, um, give it some more time because Rob Glass has not done us wrong yet. Rob Glass is a legend in the game for a multitude of reasons. And with this different look that we have, we're going to need it. We're going to need every bit of it. And you're seeing that, right? Especially on the O-line, D-line. Now, 
it's it's kind of hard to do the O-line, D-line breakdown. We did an O-line breakdown with the guests. We haven't done a D-line breakdown yet. I was going to do it today, but I don't want to squeeze it. We don't have a lot of time left. So I, I just I will say this, though. Um, we're going to be fine at the defensive line spot. Because whether you're running an odd front or an even front, and we've been working on a lot of odd front, a lot of three down stuff, right? And in doing a lot of the three down stuff, it's given us the flexibility to move Colin Oliver back to his natural linebacker type of position. But now we've been rotating in a little bit more of your traditional even looks, right? Your four man fronts. Sometimes we'll have the standups on the outside. Sometimes we're all in a three point position. Sometimes we're going to ask the guys in the middle to eat up a lot of space. And yes, we brought in Justin Kirkland, the transfer from Utah Tech. Yes, he's 350 pounds, 345 pounds. And um, you know that's the role that he's brought in to do. But we're also forgetting that somebody like Colin Clay can play a little bit inside-outside. He's a better fit inside. Aiden Kelly, he's, he's almost around the 300 pound mark we know that he can be a true body on the inside as well and then uh, from the outside perspective everybody knows about justin goodlow coming in the transfer from tulsa four-star big get big deal comes in with his buddy uh, justin wright who's going to be very good at linebacker we covered linebacker the other day we didn't talk a lot about justin wright and Kendall daniels but i'm being told uh, don't stress they are animals and they're going to be just fine so especially now that that pads are in play. Guys, we tend to forget that no matter how good you look in the spring, because we've had guys look really, really good in the spring, and then you wonder why it never you know, translated to the rest of the season. Well, it's because the, the nut-cutting time has arrived, okay? The daily grind is officially upon us. So the, the cuts, the scrapes, the bruises, sore knees, sore ankles, sore wrists, sore hands, sore shoulders, it, it's all going to be prevalent in everybody. So then it comes down to, are you hurt or are you injured? Because there is a massive distinction between the two, and it's hard to make that distinction, especially when you're young. Because when you're young and you're so used to being a the guy or one of the guys, you know, you, you think that you're just going to cruise through. So when you start taking a beating, it's just it's little stuff, right? You cheat on little stuff. From a wide receiver perspective, you just you cheat the route a little bit. You don't run the backside quite as as smooth because maybe you're the fourth option. There's little ways at each position to still little extra moments of breath, and sometimes you take it too far. And then you throw on the class size, the load that they have to, to take on in conjunction with football and getting beaten up and battered around. It definitely it, it plays it plays a toll on these guys. So well, a lot of times the physicality and the mentality have to match up. And usually that takes a while, which is why you don't see an overabundance of freshmen traditionally playing a lot of snaps. Could that change? I mean, yeah, it could, especially with the sim- simplification process that appears as though we're going through. So Okay, we did not have enough time to knock out the defensive linemen today. So, all right, it's just something we roll for tomorrow. So, that's all we got for this one, guys. As always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. Tune back in tomorrow as we break down some more of the defense, primarily defensive line.
now that we've got some pads on, it's going to start taking a little bit more shape. Or we can do safety tomorrow. That is a little bit easier to diagnose without being in full pads. But I want to hear from you guys. We've let you guys kind of dictate what position group we do next. So go ahead and comment down below and let me know whether we should do defensive line or safety next. All right, y'all. That's all I got for this one. Thanks for making Locked on Oklahoma State your first listen. Go Pokes. God bless. Goodbye.